0: Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? We're back with NBS Fitness Radio, and I am here with Britton Bailey, Hello. a.k.a. Lit Brit. Wow. I just <laughs> came up with that. Is that cool? I'm totally okay with that. That's her new <laughs> that's, that's a new, a new nickname. I was like, I like that, that name. one. Sticks? Lit Brit. Like. Uh, Lit has a background in FRC mobility, yoga, uh, Pilates. She does jujitsu as well. Yes. So, uh, and she is my personal mobility coach. Yes, and we've been true. working with each other, which is our last, August, September maybe? Around there. So yeah, probably last s- fall. Six months, over six months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, okay. So, man, just give. kind of give us your background and um, kind of your history, and then we'll back yeah. from
1: there. So my background is not from a, like, traditional fitness approach. Uh, my background is really just founded upon me wanting, wanting to help humans to be more human and to enjoy the human experience. Um, My professional background began actually in Thailand, living in Thailand, um, working at an HIV orphanage. I was supposed to be uh, set to stay at a hospital, but I was needed at this orphanage to be a teacher. So I was stationed there. And my stay uh, was, you know, it was eye-opening to say the least. Um, learning, that really, um, learning that really Americans uh, tend to uh, lose perspective easily based upon just like we're constantly receiving instant gratification.
0: We got it kind
1: of easy. We got it a little bit easy. Yeah. And it made me realize that my perception of what that experience was going to be like was entirely different from the reality of it. I thought I was going to this really sad place and it was going to be really depressing and these poor children, orphans, their, both parents died uh, due to AIDS defining illnesses. And I was gonna be this one that would show up and be this beacon of light. And what an American perspective to have, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: oh yes, we are this uh, magnificent. Uh,
0: they saw the world.
1: Right, 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 right. And uh, at this time, I was in my early 20s. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's my what, early 20s self.
0: What got you over there? Like, How did you come across that?
1: I was uh, pre-med okay. at the time. And I was like, oh, well, let's go let's go to Thailand and uh, work in a hospital. And I found an organization, a non-governmental, orga- non-governmental organization, an NGO, uh, that worked with uh, bringing pre-med students to... Uh, different areas of thailand and putting them in the hospitals and they're they're essentially there to like learn and help okay so um i was supposed to be in a hospital but when i showed up in bangkok they were like oh by the way you're actually not going to be in a hospital psych yeah you're going to this orphanage in the middle of nowhere (laughs) like just surrounded by um rice fields you know uh and that's where you're going to be and it took me a moment to soak that in um, you know, clearly where we are now with HIV care and prevention is light years above even what it was then. That was like 2006. Yeah. Um, and especially there, um, at, I'm not sure right now where Thailand is with their, with, uh, their care and prevention, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty progressive. But then it was viewed as like their karma to die. So, children were left on the streets of
0: Thailand. Like socially, it was yes. their karma.
1: It was socially their karma to die. Oh, so, shit. so um, I know, it was pretty heavy. <laughs> so, there, and my uh, young adult American self, knowing that this was a part of the culture, and knowing that these children, both, both their parents died due to AIDS-defining <laughs> illnesses, and these children were left on the streets to die, and this is the place that they went to afterwards, I just thought it was going to be... Um, oh, I didn't know. Very sad, depressing place. place. So I show up and it was like the most magical, beautiful place and the uh, the happiest place I've ever been to still to this day. It was like Disney World wishes that it had this, this much organic happiness outside of like plastic things and yeah. things that we can buy to create that. Uh, so they taught me like what happiness was um, the community there taught me what happiness was, especially with children. I didn't want to leave. I thought it was the most amazing place I had ever seen and been, and, um,
0: You were just there for a summer? I was, I was
1: there for six months. Six months, okay. Yeah. And, and when I left, I asked the orphanage founder, what can I do to repay you for allowing me to stay this long? Because he didn't need me to stay that long. I just wanted to. Yeah. Um. And he was like, "You don't need to do anything for us, um, but when you return home, do something for your community um, in relation to uh, what you in relation to what we're doing here." And you can define that however. So um, I went. I came back to Memphis and immediately got linked t- to Labonneur and became one of their HIV education specialists. And for about six, seven years off on, I worked in that field and worked my way up from like being an educator to uh training healthcare professionals on how to counsel people who were newly diagnosed. So um, you know, heavy topics yeah. on that. Uh so I did that. I worked in that field and I absolutely loved it and I still it still calls calls to me. Uh but I knew ultimately it wasn't my end point and what I wanted to bring out of that first experience from Thailand. Um, and it's also just like out of a love of like humans and wanting to help humans. And also knowing that the hospital system, I'm not made to be in the hospital system. Yeah. Like I need windows. I at least, if I'm gonna be in a building all day, you better give me some windows <laughs> so and you better get rid of the fluorescent lighting. Yeah. I can't, it's just, I just feel like a rat trapped yeah. in a cage. And that's really what led me out of out of that work. It was eventually you work your way up to a position where you're going to be um, and kind of in that setting, and it it takes you away from the community, away from working mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, more management. Position. Exactly. Um, so
0: were you? you know, let me ask you this: Were you yeah. were you training and doing exercise and mobility stuff like back then? Not four? at all. Okay.
1: I was your everyday just just, just just girl doing stuff like maybe. Yeah, I'll go for a jog once a week. Gotcha. Okay. You know, doing it just because you're supposed to do that, yeah, and yeah. you got to do that to not die. You know, <laughs> 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 like the passion for that wasn't there. Okay. Um, but I was an athlete in in high school, yeah. and I connected to sports in a way that I always noticed was a little bit more, um, a little bit different than my my teammates I felt like I felt like almost like a spiritual connection to what I was receiving out of the experience okay um I know that sounds weird but I don't know I think that those of us who fall in love with moving our bodies and using our bodies there's something deeper that it that we connect with and yeah. how do we define that is going to be different but yeah yeah
0: okay so then what
1: so I have two daughters at the time my oldest was three And I was, I knew that I needed space to figure out what I needed to do. But I knew that I, I just felt this calling that I didn't know what it was and wanted to find it and, uh, wanted to create space in my life to do so. And if nothing comes of it, then nothing comes of it. But going down that path of creating space to really find passion. Um, was just kind of a worthwhile gamble for me. So I stayed home with Lucy, and that was so rewarding to have that during that space and time. And ended up opening our doors to our house to kids in the community who are younger, preschool age, and their parents want them to have uh, a nature-based, outdoor-based learning environment, care environment, I really didn't like how young children were being put in rooms again, boxes with fluorescent lighting and no room, no windows, yeah. uh, no real uh, real things from the earth or real things from the world to play with and manipulate. Uh, outside time being really minimal. Um, kids sitting in chairs all day. You know things that just aren't developmentally appropriate. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Uh, so. We had a nature-based year program, and the kids were outside in all seasons, learning to embrace the seasons um, outside as much as we can be. Uh, yeah, and we did that for, I think I did that for three years. Okay. Three years. And watching children climb our magnolia tree in the backyard every day led to the, real- the realization that what I was really missing in my work uh, in the hospital system was play okay. and using my body. And being able to find that through playing with the children and seeing movement through the child's eyes was just just like a paradigm shift for me. Very cool, okay. Yeah, so I discovered movement culture at that time and, and that's what led me into yoga and mobility and movement and it's been history ever since. I've just been on that trail and
0: uh down that rabbit hole that's awesome okay very cool so uh for for people who do not know kind of what movement culture is what frc i think most people kind of have an idea of like yoga um at least from a uh a surface level sense you know yeah. kind of like okay yeah, they, they kind of sit there and stretch a little bit or you know breathing incense and right the right, right. funny symbol music right right <laughs> but like uh Try to give a uh, little bit more clear definition of like movement culture, mm-hmm. FRC, and then I'll kind of say what what myself, why I was attracted um, to what you guys were doing and why I sought y'all out. But try to give a definition first.
1: Sure. I know that movement culture is something that isn't common in Memphis, or, yeah, it's not common. And it's not common in the South, but it is. Movement culture is a community at large. It's an international community of individuals who train the body in a different way with a different why. And it's almost like there is no why. Uh, It is for the sake of generalized movement preparedness. And every person within movement culture is going to answer this question differently. So this is just kind of my take on what it is at large. so it's it's not specialization. So yoga is specialization. CrossFit is speciali- specialization. Uh, dance, you know, you could just you can just list off all the things. Even if a person, let's say a person takes a fitness class um, and they take the only, only one kind of fitness class, then that's their specialization. So what the what the individuals in movement culture um aims to do is not to aim to become good at one thing or do one thing. it is to explore all the different ways the human body can move and to do so in a way that creates that creates freedom in how you feel in the body. So uh, we're really not trying to create uh, this incredible one skill that we can do, um, but it's it's more about, Exploring what is possible in the body and by doing so we create so much freedom in how our body feels so we're really free of pain mm-hmm. from it and um, we also receive a lot of mental clarity from it because it's a lot of mindful work and we also receive a lot of creative energy from it because it's not looking at using the body from a singular scope or from a singular dimension it is how many dimensions can we discover because they are endless
0: yeah yeah then let, me, let me try to simplify that for people a little bit so yeah what I've kind of uh, understood like in my brief introduction is it's it's exploring all the many ways that the body can and should move right having comfort and control in those different movements having connection really deep connection to the entirety of your body and all the different movements that I can do and being able to um, take that that skill set and that abilities uh, out into the world into your entire life experience yes. um, and not being not not letting your mental or physical state, limits you, but kind of finding those edges and pushing them and exploring new things yes. that your body can can do. So
1: Word. It makes the world a playground. Yeah. And you approach living in the body as an adult yeah. in an entirely new way.
0: Yeah, so let me, so now I'll kind of tell you what, 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 what attracted me to, what y'all were doing. And so, and you know my background is more uh, like, I played at sports in high school and college, and then Kind of got really deep into weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, and over the time of doing that, I, I got really specialized um, in force production, and the consequence of that was was a, an extreme lack of mobility, flexibility, and the ability to move uh, pain free. Right, and so interestingly enough, like when you have kids and you like watch the way they move, and you're like my body can't do that right it just it's like they don't have joints or or tendons or or muscles like they're made of play-doh right like gumby you can just twist them and bend them and they just move so freely in space it's kind of crazy and i was like man like uh i think having played sports growing up and and having had a, a deeper connection with my body throughout life whereas like I was introduced to sports early. I did it for a long time. After that, I, I went into fitness versus, like, where someone who maybe not had been very active in high school and then just was never, ever active. They may not be aware of, like, their lack of ability or, like, connection. Uh, but I was, like, very aware, like, man, my body doesn't feel the way it used to. Like, I used to be able to move and do things and not and be pain-free, and I, I can't do that anymore. I, I don't mm. feel good. Uh, and I had come across... Um, 10 stretch Mm. and we're just kind of like talking to it uh, to a buddy of ours Steve who does BJJ and I was like man have you heard of this he's like oh yeah there's a girl here in Memphis that does it I was like what because I (laughs) had been looking and I can only found the only person I found was like in Nashville I was like "Yeah, "Ah, crap I gotta update that I gotta put myself on that map yes 100% (laughs) I'm
1: on the map for the FRC and FRA I just you know I went to my training a month before COVID
0: hit Mm yeah you know <laughs> well yeah I was like oh. and I didn't know you're were, you were on the the thing for FRC but yeah. I just like got on this stretch website looks like my coach is in Nashville. Nashville is like trying to plan like well to make like a trip up there or do no. to do programming and then he was like, hey you know there's someone in Memphis oh, and I was like awesome man I give me their number so um so that was kind of like what what attracted me in the first place like yeah. what y'all were doing and what I was after Kin stretch
1: is a great way a great. Modality, yeah, for mobility,
0: and I think what, like one of the biggest benefits, like I've I've gotten, is like I said, it's like control and aware more. It's like a higher level of control, higher level level of awareness of what the body should do, can do, can't do, and like like for us, a lot of times we kind of push my range of motion up to that edge, and it's interesting that like because I haven't explored that in a long time. Mm -hmm. My, my nervous system is immediately like, nope, oh, shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, no, we're not going to let mm-hmm. you do that. It's going to shut mm-hmm. down. And then as we do more and more over time, you realize like, oh, wow. It's not that I can't do that. It's just I haven't done that enough. And by doing it and putting myself in those positions, now I'm starting to like gain confidence and control. So it is so much more than just a physical uh, journey as much as it is a mental and emotional sure. journey because like what, what, what we've realized is like when you get into these positions your body starts having a mental and emotional response right like you'll like stop breathing right you'll, you'll become sort of sweating get hot and it's not that your body can't do it it's just it hasn't done it right so talk a little bit more about how kind of like some of the philosophies of F- FRC, kin stretch, like how you implement, um, how you implement better movement to your clients.
1: Right. So I use various approaches, and FRC and kin stretch is one of them. And the reason why I take on multiple is because, again, when we take on one method of doing things. Um, and this is especially true for gaining control over how we move. Then we are really narrowing down the uh, the rate in which you receive change in the body.
0: Okay. Well, then let's kind of talk about like what some of those different yeah methods are. Yeah. To kind of touch on each of one and sure. of like what they are, how it works, and how yes. to do
1: it. So uh, let's talk about FRC first, okay. since you brought that one up. That's and that's really what I. That's what I spent the most time in education okay. on. Um, and I find it to be a really solid starting point for people who want to understand movement preparedness and mobility um, because it gives you a thought process versus here are prescribed exercises. It gives you a thought process and understanding the human body and understanding how how it, it functions and how it can um, how the body functions and how it can help you to receive the change that you want to have for your body and how to have it readily available. Uh, and explains it's, it explains the physiology yeah. of it all. So once we have the understanding, then we can apply in so many different ways. And that's a really great seed to plant. And that there, is, there aren't prescribed exercises um, for all people. It is assess the body. First, and then through assessment, we can navigate uh, essentially through a chart on what to do and what to prescribe. But the options are really endless in creativity. Once you have the thought process, you understand, then you know how to apply in so many different ways. And each person that, that is an FRC specialist um, or teaches can stretch. We're all gonna do it a little bit different, develop different. Um,
0: so, what is, the, what is that like FRC framework and thought process?
1: So FRC, functional range conditioning, was founded by Dr. Andrea Spina, who is a chiropractor and um, kinesiologist. His, his, you know, I should be able to rattle off his list of accolades. It is extensive, um, but he invented this system, and the system is a thought process so that we can train the nervous system to have control over movement capacity, so we can make improvements on our flexibility, our range of motion, our end-range control, and our overall ability to mitigate injury. Yeah. So all of those things combined really does help to also reduce pain in the body. So when we're teaching the body to move the way it's supposed to move, it's functioning optimally, Optimally, and we can we can put those parts together. So if we're training each joint, that's one component of the body. When we put those parts together as a whole the whole body functions really well and you can apply your ability to move to anything that you love to do so if you want to do weightlifting uh, your hips will function like healthy hips your spine will function like a healthy spine your shoulders etc etc your body is just prepared to become more powerful
0: very cool yeah so i think one of the misconceptions and i'm trying to take this more to like a think you and I can talk in this on like a knowledge level of 10 or like you can talk in knowledge level of 10 okay. I can talk in a 7 and, or an 8 and then but most people need to hear on like a 1, right. Two 3 right? right. So um, I think for a lot of people they think like the lack of mobility is just a tissue issue. It was like My muscles are just tight that's kind of how they're going to right. describe it. My muscles are tight right. uh, and there's, there's a degree of that that is true but they don't quite understand that it's actually your nervous system right that's primarily in control right and so uh and that a lot of the pain that you feel um with regards to going through motions or uh you know that tightness a lot of it is like your nervous system kind of just giving you warning systems or it's uh it's that joint that that those muscles kind of sending signals to your brain going, hey, 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 we're not used to this. We're not comfortable with this. Right. And so it's not, it's, well we, what you do for FRC, is not like holding and, and very long stretching, which is what most people kind of think. But there's a component to that. But a lot of it is taking the joints through the end ranges of motion, through the range of motion, and really trying to make a mind-muscle connection. It's the idea that we're not just gonna like I'll always passively holding these long stretches um, and constantly relaxing to them. That is a component, but we're actually trying to build muscular control, neuromuscular control through those in ranges of motion. So it feels more like exercise, not exercise, um, I mean it's exercise it feels more like trying to gain control of muscles in positions that your is not used to. Right. And we kind of do a lot of. A lot of movements like that,
1: right, right. So it's interesting with flexibility and mobility and understanding the difference between the two and what each one does. I think a common um, a common misconception is that a mobility specialist is going to say a fit that flexibility is useless, and that's not true. Um, it's how you use flexibility and when that matters.
0: Yeah. Can you? Okay. So the thing that kind of really helped me can you talk about like define passive range of motion yes define active range of motion and talk about how you kind of push each of those and try to kind of bridge that gap between the passive and between the the active so what is passive range of motion
1: so passive range of motion is your ability to push yourself into a shape or be pushed or be pushed yeah. right so someone else pushing you or a weight or an object yeah. pushing you um so like resistance
0: bands pulling you
1: into a shape
0: like got yeah think about like a, a, what's a common stretch that people might do
1: a common stretch that people might do you often see um, people in a straddle position, sitting down, with their legs spread, with their legs like spread, counting. and they're like, "Let me, let me stretch over this one leg, yeah, or let me stretch to the middle, or like to a the other
0: hurdler way. stretch. If you're trying to picture it, think of it as a hurdler stretch. You're on your butt, your legs like, are out to the side, spread apart. You're like leaning forward or leaning right. out, or like the think of like the presidential fitness hamstring test, like sit and reach yeah. test, right?
1: right? Right, right. So in that hurdle stretch, let's let's kind of paint that picture. Yeah. So you're leaning forward. So you are stretching your hand. You're feel like feeling stretching the back side of your leg. Yeah. Right? You're pushing yourself into that shape and to the point um, to where you feel like you need to stop.
0: Yeah. Right? Or you have a coach come up behind you, push you forward, and that would also be passive. Exactly. A passive stretch. You're being passive. pushed into that position. Yes. Yes. Perfect.
1: So that's passive, being pushed into a shape. Yeah. Active is you generating that movement on your own yeah. from that particular joint. Right. So, if we're going to go back to the hurdler stretch, that would be you sitting upright in hurdle stretch and lifting your lead leg, Yeah. and that coming from the tissue that controls that movement, which is, where is it lifting from? Well, from that hip. The hip flexors, yeah. yeah from that hip, and all the tissue around it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 more more of the tissue all around it versus one particular yeah. area.
0: Yeah. So for so to kind of help people understand, it's like passive range of motion is the ability to be pushed into a position. If you think you're laying on your back, mm-hmm. and it'd be like someone picking up your leg and doing a hamstring stretch for you. Correct. Active range of motion would be like you laying on your back or standing up and being able to pick your leg up. Yes. And so, I think that the, the the way I, I kind of visualize it is like passive range of motion is the the total range of motion that you can go through you uh, you can go through like period and then active range of motion is like the range of motion that you have access to that you can access yourself without having to be like pushed into it
1: <clears throat> that's correct and flexibility is passive range of motion yeah. and mobility is active range of motion yeah. so that's why That's why, if you are going to a mobility class, you're doing different things than you would see in like a yoga class. We might make similar shapes sometimes, but not always. Yeah.
0: And so there's typically a gap there, right, between your passive and your active range of motion.
1: Yes. There can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, in untrained individuals, people who aren't actually. Pursuing movement, yes. there's usually a, a pretty decent gap as well. Yes. What and what what is the reason for that gap?
1: The reason for that gap is really it comes down to the individual, but it it it, uh, it or comes, Potential reasons. A potential reason would be how they're using their body. Um, if someone, let's say a yogi, uh, if we were to do an assessment on a yogi, a common um, pattern that I would see is that they can be pushed into a shape pretty deeply, mm-hmm. but then if I ask them to generate that movement, um, it's nowhere near as deep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's a Because they've only been
0: training that passive, i they've been constantly yes. teaching their body to relax into that position. Right. And but not create stability and, and contract into that position. Correct.
1: So that's an example for someone who is, who is an active individual and they live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Someone who's inactive—a common pattern that I would see—is a a deficit in both. Yeah. So um, they can't. <laughs> but you was me. <laughs> so yours is a, and yours now, if you with we're working on your flexibility and your mobility, um, and we'll talk about that pattern yeah. in a second. But the pattern of the person who is not active at all. They have trouble touching their toes and pushing themselves into the shape to try to touch their toes with their legs straight, but they're also going to have trouble lifting that leg. They're they're lacking
0: both passive and active. Yes.
1: Yeah. And um, in specialization, it, it depends. We were talking about the specialization of someone who does yoga. The opposite of that is someone who is going to be training with weights often.
0: Yeah exclusively exclusively so
1: their practice has created and trained stability yeah you know to not uh, be forced past their capacity to not let a weight take them suddenly past their point of control yeah so they can also show lack of flexibility and mobility because they are they need to be solid and they need to stick shapes Have
0: only yeah trained to create as much stability and tension as possible. So much so that it's yes. difficult to be, to go into those longer ranges of motion. Yes. That's kind of what happened to me. It was like, I just taught my hips, taught my shoulders to, to create as much tension and stability yes. as possible. So yeah. that at the end range of motion, I'm like a rubber band, it's at right. its absolute max. Right. It's great for powerlifting. Right. Not so great for pain and just regular movement. Right.
1: But what I love to tell people who do specialize, don't shame don't shame the outcome of it yeah. it's a it's a part of it it's a part of the practice yeah it's a part of the the sport of it and it's it's a, a necessity of cool the body did it because it's supposed to yeah
0: it was a necessity to achieve the highest level of that at the time yeah um but like but understanding okay well you know there's probably there's probably um, a degree of balance I could have had better there you know and understood a little bit better. I see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's a, there's a approach that you could have taken.
0: So there's like, not that I should have spent a significant amount of time trying to become more balanced and start doing more yoga, more mobility stuff. Because that would have had a, that, that would have set a ceiling and limited my actual total strength. Yeah. But having some understanding and going like, well, I can probably do at least this much just to maintain, you know, a little bit better or really just to to keep those joints a little bit healthier right you know yeah, a little bit you. more pain for you all right so so then <clears throat> we've got this uh, passive range of motion this active range of motion and we're trying to gain um, more of each so what are some of the techniques that you use to gain passive range of motion
1: so with passive range of motion, if someone does need to gain more of passive range of motion, because it, it varies from individual to individual, um, if one does need to get more flexible and gain passive range of motion, um, it, they would need to know where. Um, so knowing if it's your shoulders, knowing if it's your hips, knowing if it's your spine, um, all of those things matter so you can know where which one to start with
0: that's well, what we did with us say it was my hamstrings Got it. Like, I know I know my hamstrings are tight and I don't have the passive range of motion like what's what's the the, the next step uh, right so
1: if we're working on trying to lengthen the hamstrings we um, one thing that I always like to know and I, I know this is a nerd note but it's really important especially with the hamstrings is uh, knowing your history do you have history of sciatica mm-hmm. um, if so do uh, Focus on soft bend in the knee and passive training. Okay. So soft bend in the knee, so that we don't aggravate that tissue around that nerve, because a straight, um, straight leg shape uh, for people that do have sciatica history sometimes can have flare ups from that. That's so soft. just something to note. It doesn't mean it will. Just something to know. Yeah,
0: I think that would all be like um, that's a. That should be a note on well, why should you probably work with a coach because they know those types they of things you don't. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know.
1: right. I never try to like plant that seed of like this will happen to you so you should be afraid of trying this. Try a straight knee, see how it works out for you. If you get some back pain, bend that knee a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, what's important to know is that when you do a stretch in the shape that creates a stretch sensation of a hamstring, I like to say scan the position. So maybe get on the floor. Scan the position of you reaching forward. See what angle of taking your upper body where you feel the best stretch. Let's define the word best. Mm-hmm. Best means where it feels good, Yeah. not where it feels like you have to become Yoda yeah. to breathe through it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not where your nervous system's at. It's yeah. like your nervous system's just going to be like, you're trying to ask for you to be a, a, a brown belt or a black belt and stretching, but you're a white belt. Yeah. So, you need to slow your roll, back off of depth, scan the position of where it feels like a nice stretch, stay there for three minutes.
0: Yeah, because you are going to have a hard time, again, this is not just a tissue issue, it's a neuromuscular issue. Yes. So, if you're in a position where your nervous system is freaking out, i.e. you can't breathe, you feel like your heart rate is increasing. You're gonna have a hard time letting go, so you gotta find that position that feels good. You know, oh yeah, okay, I can feel that. But you can, you can uh, mentally kind of allow yourself to relax into that yes. position. Yes.
1: And what's key to know, another, a second key um, detail, and the difference between active and passive, is that passive range of motion creates a temporary window of range of motion. Yeah. So it's temporary. Active, it's readily available. Yeah. You own it. You don't have to warm up to be able to do it.
0: Right. Yeah, so okay. Let's just go ahead and talk about that. Because one one of the things like um, that people experience is okay, we'll sit in a um, we'll sit in a stretch, we'll do whatever and we're, we're getting this passive stretch. Mm-hmm. And after we get out we're like, man, I felt great. Like I, I can move better, I've got that release of tension, like I feel good. Right. And then the next day, you're just right back to being tight again.
1: Right, which is why you go back to it. It's like a fix. You need right. to go back to it. Um, so, yeah.
0: so like prescriptive-wise, if passive range of motion is something someone needs to improve or is trying to improve, how often and how long? You said three minutes in that minutes. stretch. So, how often, how frequent do they need to be holding that stretch? Oh
1: man, the classic. How long and this? It really yeah. does depend on the individual. On but like, the, yeah,
0: g- give. I'll I guess a, the average of general range. Right. Like, it, it's not, like, it's not once. Yes. So, know. if
1: you're going to work on your mobility and your flexibility, a good little starting point recipe is maybe work on your mobility Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and maybe work on your flexibility Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. But that doesn't mean isolate the world. They have to work together. Yeah. One requires the other.
0: Okay. Well, Okay then yeah, like, let me try to summarize that so is that um you know you need to be working on your range of motion I'm not just saying passive versus active but you need to be doing range of motion daily to be able to see that sustained or probably to be able to see that sustained improvement
1: you don't need to do it daily um but if you did do it daily you would see results from daily work Yeah. Okay. if you're going to do three days a week you're going to see a rate of what percentage would be produced out of three days it's really a mathematical equation but okay. you can't you can only overtrain your mobility if you are taking it past a belt level that your body is ready for
0: yeah well I guess that I'm trying sense. to like to, for some to kind of go okay well yeah my hamstrings are tight like that doesn't
1: mean go stretch your hamstrings every day. Okay. Gotcha. That would, that, that would, the reason why I say that is because what it does mean is when you do your work, when you work on flexibility, when you work on mobility, you are making choices based upon how you feel after. Yeah. Okay. So, af- how you feel after really matters. Okay. And that's what tells you. What to do next. What to do next. So how much to do. If you feel sore all the time, you're not going to get gains. Gotcha. You're not. You've got to have rest days. Yeah. And you've got to know when to put those rest days in based upon how you feel. It's not a recipe. Yeah. It's really not a schedule. It's learning. And this is a part of building relationship with your body. Yeah. Is learning to listen to cues of soreness, pain. Yeah. Um, fatigue, and then making adjustments based upon those feelings. Other things you might feel. Suddenly you feel more flexible. Cool. It looks like it's you. You're ready to get back into the work because your body saying,
0: it's ready. Is ready for me I'm ready to go. Yeah, back. I'm
1: ready to go yeah. back. I'm not fatigued by the work. Or should you be like,
0: man, I'm tight today, and I should go back and push it even harder right maybe like your body has kind of like hey man you push it too much right well, we're trying to protect ourselves a little bit here like give yeah. us a break do
1: the things that make me feel uh like i've got a warm blanket yeah make things feel good yeah it makes me feel good
0: so passive range of motion can be improved through kind of sitting in those positions mm-hmm. um relaxing in those positions mm-hmm. how do you how is active range of motion then?
1: How is it gained?
0: Yeah, how, how are you making improvements um, in active range of motion? So we kind of said, like, uh, you, you call it the active-passive gap, I believe. Yeah. So the idea being, like, we want both of these, for, for most people, trying to make improvements in both of these. Yeah. But we're also trying to kind of bridge that gap. You know, it's necessary for the yogi. Yeah. One. To have this significant passive range of motion with the active range of motion like lagging behind. So how do we kind of make those improvements in active range of motion? Yes.
1: So if someone's at a starting point with trying to work on their active range of motion, spend a little time exploring what each joint is supposed to do and can do. And you might be wondering, well, I don't know what a hip's supposed to do. Move it around. Move it around and see where you start. Where you can't move into. Yeah. And that helps you to define your range of motion, helps you to see what circular path that hip can make and what your hip can make. And as you're doing that, you're feeling, where does it feel painful? Where does it feel limited? Where does it feel good? You're just, you're you're asking yourself, you're just taking inventory the whole time. And that helps you to learn where your limitations are. Um, So do that with each joint. Take each joint through, through like circles
0: yeah okay so and we call those what CARS okay and what's that stand for
1: controlled articular rotation we are taking circles we're doing circles in a specific way yeah But we're not moving anywhere else we're just moving in that one joint
0: yeah it's uh and that's very difficult mm-hmm um what I mean even having been in the fitness space for like so long as myself um and thinking I was I, I was doing you know hip circles shoulder circles whatever I was Doing these with isolation, I quickly and I'm like, nope, nope. You're using your entire body to yes. move that one joint.
1: The whole body is contracted. Yeah. To not move. Yeah. The whole body, the rest of the body is like a statue. That one joint is doing the movement. Yeah.
0: So like, like, you think you're doing yeah. a hip circle, you're really just twisting. You're really just twisting or, your yeah, twist, yeah. Shoulder circle. If you're it just twisting here. Yeah.
1: If it feels easy. You haven't arrived at the point of understanding
0: yet, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think like, uh, to we would do sets of two or three hip cars and done correctly, I was like, done, like, done. right? I'm smoked, I need yeah, a break. I mean, I, yeah. I, I need to breathe. I need, breathe, I need to breathe. I'm sweating, I'm sweating like sweating crazy <laughs> from doing three hip circles, right? Correctly, yeah, and you're like, wow, okay, that was yeah, that was crap, and then but you feel it like you feel. That hip actually going through those, the new, yeah, in ranges of motion and all those muscles that are like, I haven't contracted in Mm -hmm. this position. It's like you're carving out a long time,
1: it's like you're carving out a new circle, yeah, but a little bit, a little bit bigger than your old circle,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way to describe it. It's like constantly making a little bit bigger circle, like a
1: picture like that. I don't know what if that chisel Mm on one edge is like. yeah, just kind of yeah. chiseling away a little oh, bit I kinda like that kind of makes my nervous system feel a little like on edge though with, yeah, yeah. This, with the tissue at hand you're not removing you're not removing tissue, not right?
0: removing <laughs> tissue. um so so, we're, so we're for a passive range of motion sitting in that position relaxing that position letting the kind of neuromuscular system learn to move a little bit deeper yeah. and relax and then for the um, for the active range of motion, we like to use cars and contractions and yeah. kind of, uh, control those end ranges of motion right. and gain more and more control. Right. And so you, we do something that you call um, pails and rails. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes.
1: Progressive angular isometric loading slash rails. Yeah. Regressive yeah. angular isometric loading. So really, it's just a, a bunch of words that mean... We are working on all of the tissue that is involved in the movement. Yeah. Um, so I like to say the front side stuff and the back side stuff. Yeah. And the reason why I say stuff and why the word stuff is very commonly used in the FRC world is because it's more than just muscle. It is everything involved. It's all connective tissue. Yeah. It's all, all of those things are being used and worked.
0: Yeah, very cool. I mean, yeah. And so kind of talk a little bit about what? pails and rails looks like or what it is.
1: Yeah, so a lot of this work to the eye looks very simple, um, but within pails and rails, you're working on contracting the top side tissue to pull you into the shape yeah. of the, of the uh, movement that you're trying to work on. So let's say you're trying to work on, let's go back to that hurdler stretch. We're going back to that lead leg. Um, so that lead straight leg, you're imagining the front side of your the top side of your leg, you're contracting everything you can on the top side, and you're imagining that that's pulling your upper body yeah. to your leg. I just say we're squeezing a lemon at the hip flexors and we're trying to make lemonade. Yeah. And then the rails is the push, Yeah. and the rails is the bottom side tissue. So yeah. We're imagining everything on the bottom side of that leg, the contraction from it is driving you away from the earth, the upper body away from the earth.
0: Yeah. It's um... It's like kind of going into close towards your end range, yes, and then creating contraction in both directions, mm-hmm. and kind of going back and forth, yeah, um, contract contracting the tissue around that joint. And what you're doing is you're teaching the tissue and the neuromuscular system to to create stability mm-hmm. and create contraction and relaxation. Mm-hmm in a coordinated fashion so you can get more right. range of motion, both passive and active, out of that. Yeah. Out of that, and, and Isometric help.
1: contractions. They're simple and they create a lot of change. Yeah. They provide a lot of information to the nervous system and you're, you're, when you're trying to contract the front side of the leg and then the back side of the leg and reps, all you're doing is just ramping up how much control the nervous system, how much you're just feeding your nervous system yeah. information.
0: I, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me, and I think one something if you're if you are more of a strength athlete that you could take away is um to me, cars and pels and rails are some of the best warm up movements yeah. that you could ever do yeah. prior to doing a strength training thing. For Because sure. it it it's helping you create stability at the same time you're gaining more range of motion. So if you if you if you're preparing for a squat or preparing for a bench, or whatever, it's like you don't want to go in uh, unwarmed up. Right. You also don't want to go in and do a bunch of passive stretching where you're just creating relaxation in the right. muscles. That's not going to create. Because you've movement. added load. Uh, yeah. It it's it's it helps you gain the range of motion that you need to help prevent injury at the same time. Creating stability, which right. you need to also prevent injury.
1: Right. So, if you're going to be adding load of any kind in whatever it is that you specialize in, so whatever sport you do, like if, let's say you're about to do weights and you're about to lift overhead, um, when we passively stretch, this is the third thing to know about the difference between passive and active. Okay. When we passively stretch, it's not giving the nervous system preparedness information yeah it's just saying hey suddenly be able to be moved past your point of control yeah which is like let's let's
0: let's imagine now what you want when you're about to load it
1: right now we're about to load it the nervous we the nervous system is required to be involved when we add load to control it that's our mobility yeah so Instead, we've said, hey, be able to move past your point of control, but here's this extra weight that now suddenly is going to feel really floppy in that shoulder when you start to lift overhead. Yeah. And then it fal- the nervous system falters, and there's um, potential for injury. Yeah. So it's, it's um, something to do with warming up whenever you're doing weights is to focus more on mobility-based exercise, something that where you are generating the movement yourself or you're generating contractions around the tissue that control that movement. So if you're lifting overhead, that's shoulder flexion, that's arm straight up over by the ear. So maybe doing something where you can have that arm overhead and you can push into something with the palm, like an overhead, like a bar, yeah, yeah. or pull away from the bar. Or you can even add weights and yeah. do work with weights. Do something to some small scale that gives the body information
0: okay um let's say i'm i've been sitting at my desk all day and my hip flexors are tied yeah. my, my shoulders are, are rotated they're tied yeah um and so i go in the gym i was like man like i'm just crazy tight today um and to me doing like a passive hip flexor stretch like holding it like a in a um inspire man stretch Mm -hmm. uh that feels good right to me kind of releases that yeah after like you know holding for two minutes i feel good afterwards what would you say to to that person so is it hey like don't do passive stretching or it's like hey if you're going to do passive Mm -hmm. stretching before you go do a squat yeah you need to also add in a mobility active component to that
1: yeah so i would say to that person listen to what what your body's telling you, your body's telling you that it, it, it needs to passively stretch. Yeah. Do it. It sounds like it sounds like it's going to feel good. It does feel good, do it. And let that be the primer for your mobility work. Because when we do feel tight and we suddenly get thrown into mobility work, remember it's strength training for your joints essentially. Yeah. It can feel ugh, It yeah. can feel like a jolt. Like electrical jolt. So we don't Really, even want that to happen. So it's great that you want to flex, you want to do some flexibility because your body needs that primer before it gets that you know that that extra sauce that is mobility work. Yeah. So that way, it's not your nervous system's not suddenly being shocked to be awake. Yeah. So do it and then follow up with a little bit of mobility. I call it the mobility, um, the flexibility mobility sandwich. Yep. Um, I like to do it before and after. This is just my my jam. Um, because we do it before to temporarily temporarily create um, a new window for us to work into. To crawl through a nervous system suddenly like, hey, we've got some tissue relaxed. Yeah, It's free to be worked with. So then you add a little bit of weight, which is your body weight, or just isometric contractions on top of that. Then we get to lock in and keep what we created temporarily. And then we add the flexibility in the back end. Us pushing ourselves in our end range, it's going to allow for a few more degrees, potentially, for us to keep and lock in
0: further. Very cool. Um, So, let me ask you this so uh like for our for some of our group training clients or personal training clients you know that um, um or just a, anyone in general who's just trying to kind of build general fitness like let's say we, we've kind of just left it off the table right like we spend the last 20 30 years not doing anything and we realize like man i gotta exercise right right and so like our fitness is low in every area we don't have strength we don't have speed we don't have power we don't have great endurance we don't have great mobility flexibility we gotta kind of like make all these improvements here right um what what kind of advice would you give to someone like that who's like maybe they're like they're doing our, our group training classes and they're getting kind of you know more fit and and um and they're building their, their fitness and we do have like a little Component of mobility flexibility in there into the warm up, like after the fact. But maybe they kind of hear this and they go, you know what, like I can use some more mobility flexibility. What would be some kind of advice that you might give to them?
1: Hmm. To an the individual who is new to using their body and they suddenly realize they need more flexibility and mobility. Yeah. What would be my advice to them? Man, that's a big question. Because there's so many different ways to take that. Um, especially now, as I've entered into a more generalist approach. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I could get real meta with the answers these days. Yeah, yeah. So I'll try not to get super meta. We, this is with just like the, the everyday person walking in. Well, let's say,
0: like, let's say someone's looking for, like, Give some, me your avatar of what you have. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say, like, this person's looking for like, some real kind of specific stuff. Like, man, my hips are just really tight. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm coming, I'm yeah. training four yeah. or okay. five days a week. My in, hips yeah. are just kind of crazy tight. Like, how can I help these yeah. out? Like, I, like, I'm cool. Yeah. Like, I got some, like, stretching. Like, should I be doing... Should, should I follow that, that plan you said? Like, hey, every day after workout, stretch out your... Do this specific stretch that's mm-hmm. going to feel best on your hips mm-hmm. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then do this active stuff yeah. on Tuesday, Thursday. Like, yeah. Like, um... A, like real applicable kind of like Got it. instruction for yeah.
1: Someone. So if someone who is new to using their body, and I'll tag I'll tag on the hip I feel tight in my hips, and yes.
0: Okay, let me let me structure the the question just a little bit different. Yeah. For someone who's like very aware of where they're feeling tight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would it be a better idea to say, hey, find the stretch? That feels like it hits there. I love the air that you're number.
1: already coming to the conclusion yourself.
0: <laughs> the, 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 the best do that three days a week. You know, just pick pick, a, pick an exercise, do that. Oh, uh, you know, after each after each workout, three days a week, and then find the best like do and do the cars two days a week. Yeah. Is it better to kind of stick to that one thing and that, man, like, that's why I really feel it. Yeah. Or is it better to to say like, um, well?
1: Do a lot of stuff. Mm, yeah, <laughs> these answers keep morphing in ways that, um, again, I could go in so many different directions. So, it you're always going to have a mobility specialist say it depends. Yeah, it's yeah. just our jam okay. sauce. It does depend, but I will answer that as specific as I can um, to that individual who has identified where they feel sore or tight, and they've identified a stretch that feels good. Cool, take that, run with it. Okay. So you can teach yourself how to be your own um, guide when you don't have one. So you have that stretch, it feels good. After you do that stretch for three minutes, try to do that move, try to create that shape on your own. Gotcha. Try to create that shape on your own. See if that, if it's your, your lower body, you're stretching that leg, that hip, the, the, hip, the hip, the hamstrings, you're yeah. stretching the hamstrings. See if you can then create that shape on your own by lifting the leg somehow. Um, if the individual, so the individual knows where they're, they're sore, repeat the last part of it.
0: I just say if they kind of know. I was looking for more kind of like a very specific kind of prescriptive, like you and, and RX. And let me let me actually work, do it a different way. so I not, a I
1: have a I have one specific thing that I do say to people when they okay. ask me what what can i do to become more mobile yeah okay when it's a very generalized question yep. because i think the person that asked that question it trying to answer it in non in non specific ways is also not helping that person right 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 so um, move your spine okay move your spine move your hips your pelvis is a large joint yeah. think of it in those terms it's a huge joint your hips are huge joints, the largest joint in the human body. It size for the joints. Yeah. You imagine what that what cascade that's going to send up and down the body and how it feels yeah. if it can't move properly. So, just think of it in those terms. So, move your hips in in circles. Try to find some hip cars. Do hip cars if you can, every day, every yep. day. But here's what I, I don't like to say every day to the, to this this individual because every day is a huge jump in percentage from yeah, yeah, not yeah. doing from zero today. to seven. <laughs> so, do hip cars once. See how that feels and what change it creates. Let that change that feeling encourage you and prompt you to do it more often. Yeah, I find that even people doing hip cars three days a week, two days a week. They see results, they feel results very quickly. Yeah, do them in your warm up. Yeah.
0: Which becomes your warm up routine, just then you can kind of start doing them every day. Yes.
1: And then the next would be the spine. Yeah. Move your spine. How do I move my spine? Well, what can the spine do? It can move in waves. Yeah. A very simple and well known thing to do cat cow. See if you can do cat cow one vertebra at a time. Yeah. That's your task. Articulate a Articulated cat cow. Articulated cat cow
0: google it or youtube is it, called yeah. articulated cat cows or hardest crap
1: it is it's a it's a it'll it's a cat cow make you sweat for sure yeah.
0: okay well let me uh, on that same topic let me kind of like reword it in a different way because i mm-hmm. think now that i've kind of thought it thought out in my head <clears throat> so what we found find for a lot of people is having neglected fitness for a significant period of time now with lyrics ex- now exposed to that they may not they may, don't really know how out of shape they are or yeah. how immobile they are until they start doing things like, oh crap, I'm pretty daggum immobile. Right. So it's kind of like, now I've been exposed to this fact, right? Right. And then they're like, okay, well, now I want to, I need to start building strength, and now I need to start building uh, endurance, and I got to start building mobility, right? And they may have, they may have this recognition like, my ankles are tight, mm-hmm. my hips are tight, mm-hmm. my spine is tight and my shoulders are tight and so okay well there's like stuff you do for your ankles stuff you do for your hips stuff you do for your spine stuff you do for your shoulders and sometimes I can just feel like oh man like I'm I'm never going to get there because like I'm already stretched to make it to the gym three days a week right and now and uh, being told I need to be doing weight training I'm told I need to be doing this endurance training and now I got to start doing like all these three or four mobility exercises for each joint that's that's a lot right um so in that sense, would it be better for some to, to say like, hey, start from the from the middle, work your hips, work your spine. Mm-hmm. Then once you've kind of addressed those for several weeks and you're starting to feel some improvements, now go to your shoulders. Yeah. Once you see some improvements in there, now go to your ankles. Yes. Or is it better to say, well, hey, why don't you like spend one day on hips, maybe one day on shoulders, one day on ankles? Is it better to kind of like consolidate that work and say, hey, Get get some more consistent work in one area, mm-hmm. or is it better to say, hey, get some right. some consistent work in all our areas, kind of spread out more.
1: When the individual knows that their their whole body isn't functioning the way it's supposed to, address the larger joints okay. more consistently, yeah. and then then dabble in the smaller joints. Okay, so ankles, wrists. The shoulders, I would do shoulders after focus on a spine and hips, Okay. Um, because also that is related to the area above and below. If you're working the spine, it makes sense to move into the shoulders. It's also a large joint. Yeah. Um. The, the smaller, the smaller joints like wrists, elbows, knees, ankles, um, do get some attention, but um, they they're they're more of something that you'd be doing. Um, after you address the larger joint. So that's something that I would personally recommend. Everyone does it different. Some people do do all of them, and some of them say just do these specific ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know.
1: It does depend, though. Like if someone has a history of like an ankle surgery yeah. or an injury or shoulder, like I'm not going to I'm not going to keep that un- unattended to. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not not if they. Yeah, I think if there's like a big giant like your shoulder mobility is terrible. Or you're right. like, your wrist only goes to there. Or right. What's going on? Like, Where it's limiting, like, you doing the other stuff. like right. But we can't do some strength training stuff because your wrist doesn't move. Right. We got to adjust. Like, that's a big... That's a big... We got to do that one yeah, first. Yeah, you got
1: to... If there's something significant, no matter the joint, give it attention. Yeah. You know, it's a part of that assessment, that part of that taking inventory yeah. of understanding your body.
0: Yeah, but I feel like for, like, me personally, like, I'll have this tendency to kind of like, oh, no, I'm not, like, overdo it. In the sense of, like, I'm like, oh, wow, I need to do this thing for shoulders and this thing for hips and this, and then, yeah. versus kind of, and then I don't, then it overwhelms me. Right. I have to stop because yeah. I'm like, that's too many things to do. Too many things I don't to, have to do. do that. Versus like, hey, do cars every day in your hips, and your hips will probably feel a lot better. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I work out every day, so I can at least do the car every day.
1: If you could do cars while you make your coffee. Yes. Your life would change. Yeah.
0: I was just like yeah what well, if I'm just you know training someone I just do a car yeah just
1: do a car like if you if you can find a way to do these things in your in the mundane parts of life and not make it a part of your workout because we know that that time at the gym is specific to whatever those gym goals are yeah um, you know mobility is really kind of it, it's, it's most fun in the moda- in the mundane parts in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, 100%. I don't like to do it in my workout. Yeah. I If I'm going to do, like, FRC-based mobility, that's stuff that I'm doing when I making my coffee, when yeah. I'm just, like, standing there helping my kid with their homework. Yeah. Outside watching my kids play, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. All right, we're coming up on an hour so. Right. Um, so then it kind of takes me to my kind of final piece, which is, you know, as someone who is very passionate about health and fitness and is... You know generally considered an expert on it yeah i also am like i could sit there and write up my own mobility program and do it the problem yeah. is like i just don't yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you know, i 100 percent believe in like finding experts in in that area and then surrounding myself with them and letting them apply their expertise to me versus me trying to go like well i can i could do it yes, right. i could do it is this not going to be as good i'm not going to be as accountable to it right and so um, for someone who's, like, recognizing, like, man, I need someone who's going to work with me on mobility, flexibility, um, tell us how people can maybe get in touch with you for about sure. Panorama and yeah. just kind of give, give them that information. For sure.
1: So Panorama Movement is my movement gym. Um, it's in Midtown, really close to the Children's Museum, a little side street next to the train tracks. It's got a very interesting vibe and it's energy awesome. too. It's a cool little spot. Very, we yeah. call it our Junk Gym. It's yeah. a very neat little spot. Um, but yeah, you can find me there physically. Um, we have classes there in the evening. So we do do group classes, but the way we do group classes is essentially teaching you how to be your own best teacher yeah. and understanding your body and understanding mobility and strength training uh, for the joints yeah. and for skills because we're also working on skills like handstands and stuff like that. Um, but it's for all bodies. Like literally if you are 60 years old and you want to acquire your first handstand, I would love that. Like, (laughs) please come see me. Um, so, uh, you can find me and contact me, um, through social media. Uh, I find that Instagram messenger is my, like the fastest way for people to reach me these Uh days. Um, our handle is mem. N E M as in Memphis. Yeah. Pan move mem. You can also find my personal IG. Uh, you can reach me there. Uh, Pan move mama M A N A. I'm also on Facebook, and you can also you know find our website panremovement.com.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Britton. Yes. Uh, that was fun. And, Super uh, fun. Yeah. Hopefully people will take some 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 good information yeah. from here and start applying it because uh, you need to move better and feel better. For sure. All right, y'all. 100%. NBS Fitness Radio, out. He's out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.